Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. show. All right, and happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. No doubt starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for April the 8th. In the year of our Lord, 2022, this is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide. We're also convinced that checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers. What are the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips? As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. That is a freedom-loving, fantastic, faith-filled. We're taking America back one heart, one mind, one issue at a time. Friday, quick recap. Yesterday's show makes sense. We talked about the idea that Joe Biden will be impeached in November Steve Bannon says uh, on Newsweek, why Steve Bannon and Newsweek are huh, working together is interesting enough. This idea, though, that we're going to wait to impeach uh, with the national security crisis we have, uh, it seems to me that for the Republicans, it's not really a get the truth done moment. It's a political move. That's why they want to wait till the election time. to get. And you say, no, Sam, they want to wait till the election so that they can win the election. And then what they'll do is they'll vote to go ahead and impeach Joe after that. Uh Uh-huh. Just like the Republicans got rid of the education department. Uh Uh-huh. Just like the Republicans got rid of Obamacare, that kind of stuff. Uh Uh-huh. Just like they're going to lock Hillary up, uh, that kind of stuff. See, ladies and gentlemen, the culture war continues to rage. And sadly, Republicans and Democrats in the swamp are all part of the same team against we the people and against uh, the rule of law in America against God's law, against God, family, and country, against the protection of life, liberty, and property. It's easy to see. Believe it or not, new photos and emails show that Joe Biden clearly lied about not knowing Hunter Biden's communist Chinese business associates. Turns out he wrote a, a letter to help one of them get into college. <laughs> Turns out he was involved in them. To his eyeball, with them to his eyeballs, folks. Now they say here's a dozen times Joe Biden played a role in his son Hunter Biden's business dealings. That's the New York Post of all places admitting that reality, ladies and gentlemen. Trump says that he agrees 100% with lock her up, says The Hill. And my response is then why didn't he do anything about it when he was president? He says he believes in getting to the bottom of the birth certificate scandal from Barack Obama, too. But when he was president, he did nothing to get to the bottom of it. Second hour, we talk about a memo reveals that the State Department assessed in early 2020 that the lab leak was the most likely origin of the COVID virus. Yeah. And now we find out that Fauci ignored even this memo from the State Department. Ladies and gentlemen, criminals everywhere. Trump endorsed former Alaska governor Sarah Palin in a press release, called her a wonderful patriot. Now, I appreciate that, but look, the governor of Alaska, she got her national stage claim to fame from 
John McCain, of all people. You think John McCain's the Republican that you'd like to back? See, in my opinion, we've got problems with even all the people that are surrounding Donald Trump and putting Donald Trump in office and, and all the people that he seems to promote. And I mean, some of them are good, but most of them are, wow, Sarah Palin, is she really a constitutional uh, governor? Was she in the day? What does she know about the Constitution and about the rule of law and about America? Would you support Donald Trump in a 2024 presidential campaign? In other words, would you support Donald Trump for the third time? See, I didn't support him either of the other times, and I would not support him now. You say, Sam, why are you going against Donald Trump now? You've always been so kind to him. I'm not going against Trump, and I am kind to him. When he does a good job and focuses on that which is right, I give him credit. I've always promoted his willingness to stand up for religion and his pro-life stances. I've given him credit for those things big time. But you know what? The border wall, he didn't get much done. Now, did he? Now, it turns out when he couldn't get the money, when he couldn't get Mexico to pay for it, and then when he couldn't get Congress to pay for it, then an Iraq war veteran who led a campaign to raise enough money to build the U.S.-Mexico border wall, now this guy's going to have to plead guilty to defrauding donors and violating U.S. violating U.S. tax law. His name is Brian Colfidge. Well, I mentioned to you, ladies and gentlemen, that Donald Trump didn't build hardly any wall. It's debatable about how much wall he even built. Uh, but even if you accept that he built some wall, how much? You know, and, and to what standards? You know, in the beginning, it was a high, beautiful, you know, 2,000-mile-long border wall. Look, the Mexicans didn't pay for it. Congress didn't pay for it. Some guy tried to... I don't know, be involved with Donald Trump and private money raised for it. Now this guy's all encased in scandal, ensconced in scandal. And you look at this and go, wow. And I look at it and say, how much of the wall did Donald build? Some say 15 miles, say 25 miles. Some say, well, he actually got three or 400 miles done, uh, but it was all just repairs on the wall. But my response is compare the wall to what was intended or claimed at the beginning to what it is now. Did we even build the wall? And the answer is not hardly. That's basically what I had said yesterday on the radio. But Chris Carlson with us. Welcome to the broadcast, sir. Yes, sir. Without God, we cannot win. With God, we cannot lose. The battle for freedom is the Lord's, but we need to be engaged in the fight. Lieutenant Carlson reporting for duty, sir. You're very welcome. And furthermore, that I said Greg Abbott is pulling a political stunt. Greg Abbott announced the governor of Texas that Texas will provide border communities with charter buses to transport the migrants to the steps of the U.S. Capitol in Washington, D.C., saying, hey, if Biden believes we have all the ways to take care of them, ship them to Biden's doorstep and let Biden do it. And I said that was nothing but a political stunt ahead of the elections, just like this idea that we're going to impeach Joe Biden stuff. Um, All I'm telling you is they're into political theater. They're desperate to get reelected making promises they'll never keep, as we see. And I submit to you the border wall is one of them. I know that the Republican Party did not back Trump. I get all that. I also get the fact that, hey, not a lot of wall was built. That was my claim. Uh, But then, Chris, you texted me and said, hey, man, it's not that way, buddy. Um, Well, as far as uh, the shipping migrants up to Washington, D.C., I mean, it's, it's a clever, symbolic stunt. On the part of now, what did I disagree with you on? Heaven forbid I disagree with the great Sam yeah, Bushman. I mean, you're, on you're telling me I'm wrong on the border wall. You're going to set me straight on the facts on the border wall. You know? 
Well, no. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You you said he didn't build any wall, and I said no. He built fifteen miles of it, Sam. I mean, that's yeah, but on the internet, hold rate. on, on the internet, there's articles <laughs> okay. saying he only built five miles of real border. So as I wisely told you yesterday, there's a big debate on how much wall he built. <laughs> well, and you're shortchanging Trump by ten miles. Well, what, what, right, what, right. So, what qualifies as the wall, though? Does it have to be the big, beautiful wall he talked about in the first place? Then later people debated the wall. Then it was like, well, we're going to put different kinds of walls in different places. And then it was like, well, we repaired a lot of wall. And then it was like, well, the Mexicans aren't really paying for it. And then it was like, well, the taxpayers aren't going to pay. Well, wait a minute. Congress isn't going to pay for it. The taxpayers will by hook. And, and now we got this scandalous guy pleading, copping a plea to a scandal. I'm just telling you the whole thing. No one in any of their right minds can tell me any of that was a success. No, no. And and the whole time uh, illegal aliens were flooding over the border, even during the four years of Donald Trump's presidency, you know, the more things change, the more they stay the same, Sam. I mean, people wanted to glam onto this man as their political savior. He said the right things, uh, but he never really did what he was perfectly capable of doing. Uh, we could go on and on about the wall. So uh, according to my information from the great Rick Wiles from truenews.com, he built fit, about 15 miles of new wall. The other 350 miles was just repairing the old wall. That's what I heard from him. I, I generally trust Rick Wiles, but I do trust Sam Bushman as well. So, Well, so no matter knows? how much wall was built, whether you agree with the 15 miles claimed by Rick or you believe in the five miles claimed by other news sources, or whether you believe in how much was repaired. Look, the, the, the border is about 2,000 miles long. And even if you built 400, that's a stretch, miles. Even if you call those repairs, rebuilding, and et cetera, you're not even at 20%, or you're barely at 20%, even at best anyway. So that's 80% of the wall not done. And now we got to debate the kinds of walls, because what kind of wall was he going to build? Uh, in the beginning, it was a big, beautiful wall. you know. But then we kind of devolved into... Well, fences count. Any part of the wall counts. If you just repair part of a wall, is that the big, beautiful wall we're talking about? See, I think even at that 20%, it's a huge stretch. So what kind yeah. of a wall was Donald going to build, right? Yeah, it was a scam. It was rhetoric, and, and people bought into it. It worked. It worked because people uh, accepted every word that came out of that man's mouth, at least if you're a conservative. And that's all that Donald Trump really cared about. I think the guy loves the nation. I really don't, Sam. And that's my opinion. I hope I'm wrong because it looks like he might be running in 2024. We might have Donald Trump 2.0, and it's not going to be any different than Donald Trump 1.0. Oh, there will be. He'll be more blazing and more belligerent. His second attempt to run, the first one was very grassrootsy. The second one was very uh, deep state-esque, if you ask me. The third one will be even more so. For example, the first go-round, they didn't take money from government to, to, for his campaign, comparatively speaking. Now, you know, this next time, he took a bunch of money from government. But the Trump wall, you know, Trump talked about a wall made of pre-concrete, or uh, I'm sorry, pre-cast concrete slabs. But then after he became president, well, what did the wall evolve to? It's like any piece of wall counted. But that's not the same at all from what he promised at the 2016 election, ladies and gentlemen. Look, I'm not here to attack Trump, but I am here to tell the truth. Liberty Roundtable Live. 
Small Business Tech Guys is a team of experts ready to assist you with any service relating to growing your business. Our team specializes in information and technology, social media, general consulting, and HR. We thrive on assisting startup entrepreneurs with growing their businesses. If it's small business, it's our cup of tea. To schedule your free discovery call today, consider sbtechguys.com. We keep an eye on tech so you don't have to. sbtechguys.com. Have you ever heard of Loving Liberty Ladies? Well, the Loving Liberty Ladies are here to help you learn our American heritage and the way it affects today's society. The Loving Liberty Ladies also have a discussion guide called Proclaim Liberty. And with this guide, you can start your own group in your hometown. Get yours today on our website at lovingliberty.net. Look for our lesson supplements, too. They're free. To hear all the special offers and to join the fight for freedom and liberty, please go to lovingliberty.net. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast. And that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present day church. Rather, it is for the end time church, the body of the line of Judah, a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. Live, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about the big, beautiful wall that Donald built and he said he'd have Mexico pay for it. Virtually none of it came true, ladies and gentlemen. I don't care what way you want to stretch and say he repaired certain parts, um, you know, etc. Chance we're still heard about that on the 2000 uh, and 20 rowdy rallies, if you will, too. And I don't see that any of it really happened at all. None of it really, right? Um, even if you talk about 450 miles of the wall, it's again, it's what, 20%? All right, the claim is outrageous. It never happened at all, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm not here to attack Trump on this, but I am here to tell the truth about it. Uh, anyway, Chris, there's debates about the details, but I think it's clear that for anybody who's honest about what really, where we are or whatever, hey, it never got built, Chris. Well, the elephant in the room, Sam, should be the fact that he could have stationed military troops on the border. And I know that would have militarized our border, but we do, in fact, have an invasion. That's what the military is all about, repelling invasions. And it's right in the Constitution. He had that constitutional power from day one. He never used it. Why not? And then he could have worked on building the wall after he had established troops on the border. He did not do that. And if a dummy like I can figure that out, certainly a brilliant man like Donald Trump should have been able to figure that out, Sam. Well, that's so. the problem. you got to kind of wonder, did he figure it out? You know, we assume Trump is one of us and one of the good guys and that he's always wanting to do right. But when Trump says, I'll have Mexico pay for that wall, okay, that even never happened. Whether you debate if we built it or not, it wasn't even paid for, um, the deal. All right, now, Miss Jackson confirmed to the Supreme Court 
literally Mitt Romney claps for her as all the other Republicans walk out in a partisan divide. Um, what a shame that is. Chris? Well, the only disappointment I have with Mitt Romney is he doesn't just come out and declare the fact that he's a Democrat because he's acting like one. Um, you know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. You know, we knew who Mitt Romney was. He was a lifelong Democrat. And he, even though in uh, the state of Massachusetts, he governed like a Democrat. And we had that eight-year example to draw back on as, as Americans, to look back on. Yet we assumed that when he came to Utah to run as the senator from this great state, that somehow he would strain, change his stripes. He did not. And that's a shame on us because we knew who he was because he was pro, pro-choice for all those years as the governor of the state of Massachusetts. And he ruled as a Democrat during that time, even though he ran under the Republican ticket. Uh, so, yeah, shame on us, Sam. <laughs> you know, and, and in a republic, it comes down to the people. The people are ultimately going to be held accountable for their leaders. You can't blame it on them. In a dictatorship, we can blame it on the dictator because he's not accountable to the people. But we ultimately have the power to vote in or out of office whomever we deem as uh, worthy of our vote. And we're doing a lousy job of that, or, or a great job, if you know, if you want to look at our republic as a, as a failed republic, we're doing a great job of that. Yes. Uh, in my opinion, we're doing a very uh, poor job. Um, part of it, though, we would claim is, hey, there's vote fraud going on. Look, folks, when you allow America over a COVID crisis that we've proven to be bogus, I'm not saying COVID doesn't exist. I'm just telling you that it's not the crisis required to shut down all society and literally think every healthy person uh, is ill and to try to pretend that that reality or that threat somehow suspends the supreme law of the land or suspends our Constitution. That's where the lies are, okay? I'm not debating that COVID exists. I'm telling you, though, that what we've done in the name of COVID is the great big scandal lie. Uh, and the fact is, we've used that then to literally circumvent all precincts in America, all 100,000-plus precincts, and we go, hey, mail-in voting is fine. Well, ladies and gentlemen, when you jettison the custody of ballots to that degree, and then there's vote fraud, and you wonder why, and you allow Hillary Clinton and the DNC to literally fund a dossier against Trump that's false, and then have records of them spying on him, and they all get caught in these scandals. And so then you basically suppress Trump by all kinds of allegations against him that are false. And then you promote Joe Biden by pretending there's no scandals in Joe's closet when you know there's tons that actually have real legs. You've literally committed vote fraud. So they did that. They used the COVID. They used everything at their disposal to make it where, hey, you know, suppress Trump, promote Biden, uh, commit vote fraud at the polls by circumventing all the precincts and all the checks and balances that made America great and protected America from scandal. Uh, and there you have it. Uh, so anyway, I don't know really what to say about it. But, you know, Forbes does an article about meet the 10 richest people in the world. Um, Elon Musk is number one. And then it goes down from there. But, man, you know, we have created a group of elites inside and outside of government that are absolutely betraying the greatest country on the face of the earth. And you look at Will Smith and the scandal about the Chris Rock Oscars slap. And it turns out now people are saying it was a cleverly disguised effort for the uh, big pharma folks to sell their hair products that relate to the problem that Will's wife has with her hair or whatever, the loss of hair, and that the drug companies have a way to fix it. So was it a clever way to 
uh, to buy hook or buy crook, kind of put drugs on the people's minds as their new drugs come out. I don't know if that's what it was or if it was just to advance Chris Rock's career or I don't know what the agenda really was. All I know is this. If you believe that was all by accident, that Will just went off crazy and slapped somebody and no one did anything about it, no one got arrested, no one, when it was on national TV and literally around the world, uh, but yet no repercussions, hey, it was by design for a greater purpose. Make no mistake, it was not by accident. Uh, that's what I would claim. All right, any final comments no, on I, any of that? No, not, not really, except for the fact that we need to realize that Elon Musk is the government con- contractor with his uh, Starlink satellite system and his rockets that uh, jettison those um, satellites into space. He is a government contractor, so it, it comes to me as no surprise that he's now the richest man in the world. He's getting money, Federal Reserve notes, uh, from, well, not from us. We're, we're losing the value of our money as the government uh, creates new money to pay people like Elon Musk to become the richest men in the world. So, yeah, that's my only comment on what you said there. And we are going to, that's a good segue to what we're going to talk about, Sam, the Federal Reserve System and Ron Paul's book in the Fed. Did All you right, want to introduce you, that? There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. All I can tell you is this, folks. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And I see that in the Jackson case. I see that in the border wall case. I see that in we are always looking for a savior, a king almost, if you will. We did that with Barack Obama. We do that with Trump. And we're doing it with our own money, Chris. We certainly are. And um, in a republic, like I said, Sam, it, it comes down to the people. Uh, the people get the government that they tolerate, okay? Um, we need to push back. So I will begin, since you quoted Scripture, I will begin uh, with a reference to something that the Savior did in the New Testament. It will be recalled that there is only one recorded incident in the Bible where Jesus took violent actions against his enemies. That was when he overturned the tables of the money changers in the temple, proclaiming, quote, My house shall be called of all nations the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. And that can be found in Mark eleven seventeen. Sam. So disgusted was the Savior of the world with this violation of the sanctity of the temple, with the, the predatory practice of usury, which, by the way, is forbidden by the law of Moses, that the Prince of Peace felt compelled to use violent force to expel the practitioners thereof from his father's house. And um, that same practice, usury, uh, they, they didn't uh, use uh, fiat money. That would come later. But that same practice of usury and now the owner's practice of fiat currency is being perpetrated on the American people and has been for the last 108 years, Sam. And we're going to talk about that. So Ron Paul wrote a book in the Fed, and Ron Paul is very qualified to talk about this because he's interviewed the likes of Ben Bernanke and Alan Greenspan and other people in Washington, D.C. who are perpetrating this this crime on the American people. And uh, let's go ahead and start with Chapter 1. I think it's very instructive of why it is important that we end the Fed. Chapter 1 is entitled, Why You Should Care. And this is a quote that I took from the book. It says, it's my own view, and this is Ron Paul speaking, that ending the Fed would address the most vexing problems of politics in our time. It would bring an end to dollar depreciation. We're seeing that right now in the form of inflation. 
It would take away from government the means to fund endless wars. It would curb the government's attacks on the civil liberties of Americans, stop its vast debt accumulation that will be paid by future generations. And I disagree with him on that. I don't think the, that the principal will ever be repaid. Because if we uh, paid off the principal, it would extinguish money supply. And we've talked about that in the past. Anyway, I digress. Yeah, but let's talk about we'll paying. Let's that. talk about paying off the principal in a minute because I don't think it's possible. And I'm going to explain the fundamentals that undergird the Federal Reserve to make my point. We'll have Chris Carlson respond to that incredible book that Ron Paul wrote. And the Fed. We can't even get them to audit the Fed, much less end the Fed, ladies and gentlemen. Boy, howdy, do we have a lot of work to do, huh? Quick pause, Liberty Roundtable Live. Pursuing Liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. On Friday, Russian soldiers continue to kill fleeing civilians in their invasion of Ukraine. Finland also a neighbor of Russia, wants to become a member of NATO. Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg on Friday morning, CNBC. Yes, that, that is a direct result of uh, the war in Ukraine. Um, Finland has a very long border with, uh, with uh, Russia, 1,300 kilometers. Um, but if Finland de- de- decides to apply for membership, I am confident that uh, NATO allies will warmly welcome them. Andrew McCutcheon got the first hit of the year in Major League Baseball's opening day Thursday at Wrigley Field. Nico Horner hit the first home run of 2022. He connected off a pitcher who used an electronic wristband to receive his signals from the catcher. And the Cleveland Guardians took to the field for the very first time. Thanks for listening and a TGIF to you, my friend. We are USA Radio News. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-444-9336. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes or overweight or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-444-9336. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-444-9336. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-444-9336. 800-444-9336. As the Biden administration plans to drop Title 42, this will allow the administration to get more illegal immigrants into the United States faster. Representative Barry Loudermilk, the Republican from Georgia on Newsmax, says as long as Democrats are running the House, his hands are tied. The House is a dictatorship. That's the way it's designed. We have very little authority and power as long as all the Democrats are holding together, locked together, arm in arm, to follow Nancy Pelosi. And many of them are going to follow her right off a cliff. And so it's very frustrating on our end. So it's it's uh, refreshing to see governors like Governor Ad- uh, Abbott and DeSantis taking the bull by the horns and doing something at the state level. As Europe prepares to join the United States in hitting the Kremlin with tighter sanctions for its war in Ukraine, there are plenty of signs that Russia is finding a way around the financial blockage. 
Bloomberg Economics expects Russia will earn about $320 billion from energy exports this year. That's up more than a third from 2021. USA Radio News. One of the realities that you understand when you read Ron Paul's incredible book, End the Fed, you begin to understand uh, some things that really put building blocks in order. Okay, so End the Fed's a great book, but you learn this from a variety of sources, okay? Um, you learn that the Federal Reserve works like this. First off, the problem is it's got a monopoly status on money. The only money in America, contrary to the Constitution, is this paper money created by the Federal Reserve. You could say, no, that's not true, Sam. You got, you know, pennies and dimes and nickels. Okay, fine. But, but all the bills are Federal Reserve stuff. So let me get this straight. When you have one source of money, and that source of money has interest attached to it, then by factual reality, ladies and gentlemen, you can never get out of, listen carefully, you can never get out of debt. So pretend I'm the Fed for a second and Chris is the public. Chris, I'm going to lend you a dollar. There you go. You got a dollar now. But understand that now you owe me a dollar three because of interest. So one dollar and three pennies. How are you going to pay me back? There's one source of money. Uh, Could you loan me three pennies? (laughs) <laughs> no, I can't loan you three pennies, but I can loan you another dollar. Oh, I don't do wow. pennies, that remember? $2. Good. Oh, you got $2, right. but you owe me $2.06 now. Wait, what? Sounds yeah, like a scam, a Sam. What are you doing to me, buddy? Okay, so see, that's exactly what's going on with the Federal Reserve, ladies and gentlemen. It is a system designed by nature to be fiat, fake, to fail. Okay, it's criminal in its yeah. enterprise. It Not only does it do all that, but in addition, though, hey, I take a dollar bill, a $5 bill, a $10 bill, a 20 a 100 a 50 whatever, and I basically tell you that it's face value, but it costs me like two and a half cents to create. So not only am I charging you face value and ripping you off from the get-go, but then I'm charging you interest, assuring that you can never pay it back if there's one source of money. Never. Okay, that's the fraud that's why they call- that Ron Paul's book highlights uh, in detail. It does. And that's why they call them dollar bills. They are bills. We owe them back to the Federal Reserve with interest, just you know, as a reminder of what we're dealing with here. Yes, <clears throat> and just, let me just round out that quote. That, very good analogy, Sam. Thank you. Um, he goes on to say, um, and one other thing that <clears throat> the uh, abolition of the Federal Reserve System would abolish is it would arrest its massive expansion of the welfare state that has turned us into a nation of dependence. And then one more last sentence. Without the Fed, the government would have to live within its means, Sam. Just like you and I have to live within our means, the government would have to do the same. And every time they wanted to increase spending for the welfare state, guess what they would have to do? They would have to increase taxes. And people would wake up and say, wait, what? i got to pay more taxes? And they would be more aware of government activities that are injurious to our financial situation. But the government doesn't want to do that. They want to hide it behind the ability to print fiat currency. And then we see that in the form of inflation. And we we scratch our heads and say, wow, I wonder why the money supply is being inflated. 
and why things are going up. And we don't blame it on the government per se. Hopefully, you know, you and I do, obviously, but most people, they don't. They blame it on um, the stores that they buy their, their food from or the gas stations where they buy their gas from. They they don't see the connection. Anyway, I've, I've gone on ad nauseum on that. So that's chapter one, why you should care. Okay. Uh, you want to talk about some of the origins yeah, the, of the, the Fed? The other reason you should care really quick before we move on to the other chapters in the book that are really important. The other reason you should care, ladies and gentlemen, is not only is it dishonest, which is, in my opinion, one of the biggest you know problems here. The hon- Honesty is the issue is the way I always like to say it. Okay, Honesty is the issue. Uh, the other problem, though, besides the honesty question, is that it's a moral hazard. Okay, when government has mm-hmm. so much money to do anything they want, it's unlimited what they can do with that money. They can spy on all yep. of us through the FBI, the CIA, the Justice Department. They can wage unending war. Have you noticed there's wars and rumors of wars without end? Okay, the Federal Reserve is at the core of all this. They can print so much money, they turn the states into political puppets or subdivisions of the Fed. Okay, the states used to have to balance their own budgets. But anybody can balance a budget if you get a big old siphon in from somewhere else that has unlimited, you know, capacity, so to speak. Okay, the problem is honesty and the moral hazard is why you should care. Chris? Yeah, so uh, to give you an example, California just recently had about a $150 billion deficit on its books. That has been erased thanks to Donald Trump and the COVID-19 pandemic. Because the states distributed money that was, I guess, intended to, to address the COVID-19 issue, but they used it to pay off their debt. Now California has been sent a message that, hey, we can continue to spend with reckless abandon uh, and we can get away with it because we are so closely tied to the federal government that practically they have lost their ability to govern independent of the federal government. And that's scary. That's something the founding fathers deliberately tried to uh, create in the Constitution to, to not happen. Anyway, so let's go to Chapter 2, the origin and nature of the Fed. So the comptroller of the currency in 1914 said this, Sam. It said that uh, it's uh, the Federal Reserve, which was just newly created, because remember it was created in 1913, but it wasn't established until the, the year later because it was uh, uh, passed in Congress two days before Christmas. He says it supplies a circulating medium absolutely safe. And he goes on to say, under the operation of this law, such financial and commercial crises or panics as this country experienced in 1873, in 1893, and again in 1907, with the attendant misfortunes and prostrations, seem to be mathematically impossible. After having made that statement, Sam, 15 years later, we had what is called the Great Depression which uh, put the lie to that statement. In theory, maybe they could have prevented uh, economic downturns, but in practice, they are actually using them to manipulate the the public and to bring about their their deep state agenda. And we can talk about the Great Depression if you want. He goes on ad nauseum about that. But before we do, let's let's stay on chapter two for a minute. so Ron Paul says, and I'll just read word for word, the, the goods and services you could buy for a dollar in 1913 now cost nearly $21. And he breaks that down to being that we've lost 95 
cents out of every dollar that yeah, uh, and he wrote this book quite quite a while ago. Now the number's about thirty seven dollars, Chris. Yeah, because that was two thousand. Yeah, that was thirteen years ago that he wrote it. Yeah, yeah, everything changes because we're doubling down on inflation. We're doubling down on the printing of money. We're, all of these things. It's like the hockey stick that they they use to scare us into believing in climate change. That hockey stick is actually relevant when it comes to inflation and the devaluing of our dollar. We're 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 at the near the tip of that hockey stick at this point. Anyway, um, so that's that. We've lost a, a tremendous amount of the value of our dollar. Now here's the insidious thing: we don't see the dollars leaving our bank accounts. We don't see the dollars leaving our billfolds. We we only uh, see the value being depreciated. And again, we don't associate that with the government, which we should, because it's it's well the Federal Reserve System is what we should blame it on. Anyway, he talks about how uh, we've been told a lie about the Great Depression. The Great Depression was actually caused by the Federal Reserve System. Did you know that, Sam? Oh yeah. Ladies mm-hmm. and gentlemen, so look, we've never had such extreme volatility. This is the moral hazard that I'm talking about. We have never had such extreme volatility before the Federal Reserve. Federal Reserve was designed to prevent booms and busts in the economy, to prevent. But what it really does is causes everything it suggests it prevents. We had swings because sometimes there'd be shortages of product and this and that. But the swings were comparatively, relatively mild uh, until the Federal Reserve got involved. Now they're made 10 times worse. Now, though, we pretend we can uh, ignore them. And so far, you know, with the COVID money and all the handouts and everything else, we've pretended to ignore them. But eventually what happens is you can't rob Peter to pay Paul. Eventually what happens is honesty becomes the issue. And then this moral hazard becomes the issue to where you cannot just do whatever you want without the consequences being felt. And the Fed's dealing with this right now. They're going, well, how do we raise interest rates but not cause a meltdown in the markets? And, well, you know what? It eventually will get away from them like all fiat currencies do, Chris. Yep, from the beginning of time, especially when, when they're not backed by bullion like gold and silver, which we used to be. Within our lifetime, Sam, we were backed by gold. And I think we went off the silver standard in 65. But anyway, uh, getting back to the Great Depression, um, they they promised us, the um, the supporters of the Federal Reserve Act of 1913 promised us that they were implementing this program specifically to prevent depressions and recessions. And we'll talk about that when we get back from the break. Liberty Roundtable Live in seconds. Chris Carlson, we're reviewing Ron Paul's book, End the Fed. you got to read it, ladies and gentlemen. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us 
to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems, at all times and in all places, is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like this year's Buckaroo calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. This is a battle, a battle between truth and deceit, a battle between forces that would enslave this country in darkness and between a media that wants to present you with the truth. We are being censored. America's news outlets no longer provide the truth. 90% of news outlets in the United States are controlled by six corporations. The mission of the Epic Times is to chase the truth, to ground all statements in fact. TheEpicTimes.com Live, Chris Carlson breaking down Ron Paul's book and the Fed. We're talking about the Great Depression, ladies and gentlemen, caused by the Federal Reserve. Chris, yes, sir. So, uh, quoting from Ron Paul's book in the Fed, if there's one book that the Washington establishment should read now, it's Rothbard's book, America's Great Depression. In this book, he demonstrates that it was the Fed that created the late 1920s boom that led to the bust and Hoover's interventions that prolonged the Great Depression. And I would add to that Franklin Delano Roosevelt's uh, interventions that prolonged the Depression. We didn't get out of the Depression, Sam, if you'll recall, until the beginning of World War II. And even modern-day economists admit that. So for approximately 10 years, we were languishing in economic stagnation because of the intermeddlings of the president and, of course, the Fed. Between 1929 and 1933, Sam, do you know what the Federal Reserve did? Well, let's back up just a little bit. Throughout the 20s, they expanded the money supply. And you remember uh, everybody and their dog was investing in the stock market. It was this big phenomenon. You know, Everybody can become a millionaire by investing in the stock market. And a lot of people did because throughout the 20s, the Federal Reserve expanded the money supply steadily. And in, starting in 1929, they started to shrink the money supply. And this is factual. Between 1929 and 1933, the Federal Reserve System actually shrunk the money supply 33%. And that is what caused both the, the, the boom and then the bust. And, and now they're doing just the me, opposite. Now they're just doing the opposite, uh, printing way too much money. The bottom line, though, is the results will be the same, Chris, uh, because yeah. it doesn't We're matter how extreme the... you get. Eventually, it will be that that extreme moral hazard that I speak of uh, that runs it off the mm-hmm. rails. Eventually, you will not be able to rein it back in in time. You'll you'll misjudge your boom and bust uh, forcing, if you will, um, and, and you'll eventually lose the game. Because remember, it's inflationary by nature. Interest guarantees inflation will happen. Yep. And, and we're experiencing that. We're, we're continually inflating the bubble. I thought the bubble would pop at the end of Donald Trump's presidency. I made that prediction. Uh, there was a slight downturn. 
But we're still inflating that bubble, and eventually those chickens are going to come home to roost. But if I could go back just momentarily to that statement about uh, the Federal Reserve causing the Great Depression, Ben Bernanke on November 8th of 2002, Sam, in a speech given at a conference to honor Milton Friedman, actually admitted as much. Do you want me to read that quote? And this is in his book as, as well. This Let is Ben rip, Bernanke, the former, the former head of the Fed, Ben Bernanke. So he's got credentials. He said, regarding the Great Depression, we did it. We're very sorry. We won't do it again. He actually said that. He admitted it. Okay. How many Americans uh, have heard that quote? Probably very few, I would suspect, Sam. But they need to hear that. They need to realize that we're operating under a fraudulent, debt-based fiat money system that is destroying us financially. And we're blaming it on the government. We're blaming it on the president, our congressmen. And went, well, not ours. It's always the other guys, right? We don't know the source of our problem, Sam. In order to fix this nation, we must first address the monetary issue <clears throat> that uh, undergirds it and will someday not undergird it. It will implode in itself it'll, it'll, because it is designed, like you said, and I don't think uh, we can repeat this enough. The system is designed to fail. Within it, built within it is the seeds of its own destruction, Sam. You cannot continually accumulate debt and continually enrich uh, the stockholders, the Federal Reserve System, why we are continually being indebted deeper and deeper and deeper. Eventually it will fail. And the, the sad thing about it is economists, most economists understand that phenomenon, yet they're not sounding the alarm bells, and they, they really should. Anyway, back to you, Sam. All right, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Ron Paul's book, in my opinion, is a Trevor treasure trove of nuggets. It really highlights in detail uh, why Ron Paul really is the guy to write the book. Number one, he sat on a bunch of different committees in Congress relating to money. He's stood up for honest money. His research regarding honest money is stellar. Uh, he really highlights the appropriate economics uh, that, that matter most, if you will. Uh, and in his chapters, why don't you read a few of the chapter headings to kind of give people a flavor for the topics focused on, Chris? Yeah. And I didn't cover, we weren't planning on covering them all. He had a conversation with uh, Alan Greenspan, which was interesting. Um, oh, 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 so Alan Greenspan, this, this is something we need to cover. In 1966, he wrote an article uh, in a publication uh, associated with Ayn Rand uh, called Gold and Economic Freedom. Back in the 60s, Alan Greenspan, Sam, was a promoter of uh, a gold-backed currency. But uh, of course, he yes, became he was until he got the nod yep. to be the chief of the dishonest, <laughs> uh, immoral money supply. And hey, he changed his tune. Then he went right back after he got out. He went back to understanding the truth. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, when you're paid to deny uh, reality, you tend to deny reality, unless you're one of those rare birds like you and me, Sam, who insist on being honest, true chaste and benevolent throughout our lives and unfortunately most people have a price tag some some are higher than others from 1987 till 2006 greenspan was the chairman of the federal reserve board he was awarded listen to, to what he um how he was rewarded for his dishonesty sam he was awarded the presidential medal medal of honor by george w bush and i, I don't have a year on that but in 2000 the french government awarded him the legion of honor 
And in 2002, the Queen Elizabeth II of the United Kingdom named him an honorary knight of the British Empire. For his dishonesty, he was rewarded lavishly. And that's sad because that's what they do. That's what they do. The, the worse uh, politician or bureaucrat you are, the more praise and awards are lavished upon you. And that's the system under which we now operate. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. This has been going on, and it's a slow but steady erosion uh, of everything we hold dear, ladies and gentlemen. First off, let's create money out of thin air and pretend it has face value. That's the first dishonest lie. Then let's charge interest on that money, assuring that it can never be paid back when there's only one source, in other words, monopoly uh, on money. Okay. Then the moral hazard, though, when men and women decide that, A, because they have this unlimited treasure trove of dishonest money, then they can do whatever they want to. So they force booms, force busts, force war, force, uh, again, like COVID, we either spend too much money creating a hazard or we retract the money supply creating too much hazard. And it leaves men and women at the helm of this dishonest moral hazard. That's the problem. And until we can educate enough people about this to do something about it, we'll never make progress. The problem is it can never be paid back, though. Look, no one even can tell me what $30 trillion is, Chris. And that's really the point. What is even a trillion dollars, much less $30 trillion? You can't even count to a trillion in your lifetime. Nobody can explain no. to me in real terms what a trillion dollars is. No, you can't wrap your mind around that amount of money, Sam. It's mind-boggling. It's overwhelming. Um, but there are literally trillionaires in this world. You don't think that those people have a lot more influence and power than our politicians who are mere millionaires? They do. So who do you think is running this country? Do you think Joe Biden's making all the decisions he's making by himself? The guy can't even remember his name half the time. <laughs> of course not. We need to look behind that curtain and see who's really operating the wizard on the big screen that we're always presented and, and told that these are the decision makers. No, the decision makers are the people that have the money. The golden rule states that he who has the gold makes all the rules. And they have their puppets that they uh, present uh, on your TV screen and on your computer screen that you uh, unwittingly think – is, is the person in charge of the show. He's not. Um, I would like to talk a little bit about another scripture since we're quoting scriptures. Render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's. I often hear people who put an inordinate amount of trust in government institutions say that the Federal Reserve System is justified by Jesus' statement to render therefore unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's. And I'm sure you're familiar with that scripture, Sam. I could not have come up with a more perverted, irrational, and ridiculous statement. First of all, the Jewish people of Jesus' time were justifiably under the yoke of Roman bondage. Because of their having rejected God's laws, they were being punished with a requirement that they pay tribute to Caesar. By genuflecting to a modern-day Roman Empire, we admit that we, like the Jews of Jesus' time, deserve to be punished under the yoke of an oppressive financial regime, regime, the Federal Reserve System. So maybe there is some truth to this, but do people who oppose this unconstitutional system, Sam, like you and me, deserve to be punished for other people's actions or lack thereof? I don't think so. So that's the first reason that I 
opposed the Fed. We People like you and me, Sam, that understand that we're being scammed on a regular basis don't deserve to be uh, have to have this yoke placed on our necks. Second of all, in order for Congress to alter the Constitution, which clearly gives them the power and authority to, quote, coin money and regulate the value thereof, unquote, they would have to amend the Constitution in order to transfer that power to a foreign banking cartel, which they have not done. So on many levels, the Federal Reserve System under which we are now toiling is is wrong. And it, it, it's about time that we uh, come to the point where we we push this agenda. And I talk about what we can do about it. You talked about Sarah Palin. You know, she's going to be putting her hat in the ring to run for federal office. Sam, have you ever heard her talk about ending the Fed? All of these conservative heroes that we put out there that, you know, we, we back and, you know, we encourage to run for office. Boy, I'd vote for that person. Or I'd vote, vote for that lady. Not once have you ever heard them engage in a conversation about ending the Federal Reserve System, which is – I'm not going to go and say the root of our evils, although the love of money is the root of all evil. But it certainly uh, would eliminate a lot of the shenanigans that we are coping with nowadays, and I don't give them uh, my sacred vote. I ended that uh, 20 years ago. And I would encourage other people to do the same, and I don't care – who, how bad the um, other candidate running against them is, I don't give my vote to anybody that doesn't address the Federal Reserve System as the problem that it is in our country, stealing our money on a regular basis. I just don't do it. Well, even Alan Greenspan admits that moral hazard and fraud, that's the honesty issue that I'm talking about, moral hazard and fraud are the key failure issues. Right. Mm-hmm. That's really yeah. what you need to know about this book, folks. Okay, they all know it, but they don't care because they're all into filthy lucre, dishonesty, and they're creating a moral hazard that will eventually be the undermining of this nation. My people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. We talked about the book review of Ron Paul's book, End the Fed. we got to audit and end the Fed, and we got to do it sooner than later, or they will eventually use the failure of the Fed to move us into a global fiat money system. The great jubilee, the great reset will take place, and then they'll start all over. Meanwhile, you and I will become serfs on the very land our founding fathers bled, died, and gave their fortunes and sacred honors for. For Chris Carlson and Sam Bushman, finish it up, Chris. Without God, we cannot win. With God, we cannot lose. The battle for freedom is the Lord's, but we need to be engaged in the fight. Lieutenant Carlson and liberty-loving patriots everywhere, continuing our duties, sir. God save the republic. From atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, West. you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that I was refused to use. No doubt continues now. This is indeed the broadcast for April the 8th in the year of our Lord, 2022. 
This is indeed our two of two, and the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we're taking a stake in the culture war. We're siding with God, family, and country on your radio. It is a freedom-loving, fantastic, faith-filled. We're taking America back one heart, one mind, one issue at a time Friday, and that means the good doctors in the house, ladies and gentlemen. Dr. Scott Bradley with us, his Collegiate Series and lifelong goal to preserve the nation. His website to get that done, freedomsrisingsun.com. Weekly webinars, Q&As on the Constitution, and a whole lot more. Doctor, welcome back, sir. Well, thank you very much, Sam. Uh, good to hear your voice, and uh, thank you for having me on, and uh, good morning to everybody that's listening. Amen to that, sir. So it turns out, just as we predicted, Miss Jackson now confirmed to the Supreme Court um, it was a, what, 53 to 47 deal, and uh, looks like three senators that are Republicans sided with the Democrats, uh, and so you didn't even need the Kamala Harris tiebreaker of any kind. The three Republicans betrayed the uh, Republican Party, if you will. Uh, most of the Republicans were dismayed and disgruntled and walked out in a political partisan divide, uh, but you know what? Mitt Romney loved it. Utah Senator Mitt Romney literally voted for uh, Miss Jackson. And then he, uh, as a lone Republican, literally stayed there and clapped for Jackson as his colleagues walked out. He stayed there and celebrated the win. Doctor? Well, uh, you heard it here first. I mean, we were predicting not only her victory confirmation but also the three republicans that would vote on it and just a little correction on what you said uh, um, you said three republicans kind of betrayed their party well it wasn't their party it was the nation the entire nation will rue the day that uh, judge jackson assumed this seat now it won't happen immediately we've got to play out the resignation and the you know the formalities of it but she has been confirmed at this time. By the way, she has a tie here. And I wonder, into Utah, I wonder if that had anything to do with Mitt Romney's vote. Uh, she is married to the brother of a, an individual in, in Utah. And um, they were, of course, dancing in the street, I guess you could say figuratively, in regards to this. So there is a Utah tie in this thing. She has been out and spoken at um, University of Utah um, law school and so anyway there has been some contact out here with Jug Jackson I, I tell you I didn't watch the whole uh, confirmation process I, I absolutely did not but I did watch enough of it to get a, a flavor and I as I've said before on your show I felt like she was rather flat-footed she wasn't quick on her feet in regards to uptake of issues and and discussions and and um, she seemed to be rather uh, tied, if you will, to her cue cards, and I'm not saying she had cue cards being flipped up in front of her in the in the middle of the uh, confirmation, but I think she had been very carefully. Yeah, if uh, you're an attorney, though, prepared. you have cue card talking points in your mind that you rehearsed enough to where you can re revert back to them. Attorneys do that very well. Well, they should, but uh, I I didn't feel like she was able to make transitions and. And, and tie things together and, and make uh, make points. Uh, I, I thought she was rather clumsy, in fact, not just flat-footed. 
And, and that's in over and above some of the uh, rulings she's made and the writings that she did, uh, her political, um, I guess, legal writings about how things ought to be handled in the courtroom and her inclination to kind of not really say, okay, this is really bad and we've got to, you know, make sure everybody knows that and this is okay so it's not that big a deal. I think she was kind of, for some reason, and I don't know why she would be, uh, caught unawares that there was going to be this kind of pushback. And, and I mean, enough had talked about it in advance that her pedophile uh, sentencing guidelines and everything, uh, her child pornography sentencing guidelines, it's it's a public record. And, and so I just, I, I can't imagine why she didn't go, oh, yeah, I screwed up, or yeah, in, in hindsight, those were probably not the best decisions. Or I stand by the decisions, and here's why. I mean, those kinds of things should be, as you say, kicking around in your mind. But she seemed like she was, oh, uh, how dare you? I, I thought it was rather interesting how uh, uh, some would say, you know, you when the Democrats question a Republican nominee, you know, they go back to their high school yearbook and partying time and everything. We're not going to do that. We're going to talk about your writings and your decisions. And, and so, I mean, come on. Let's talk about stuff that's real. And I think they tried to. I think a lot of them tried to, but I think they didn't pin her down hard enough. Again, we don't have enough of a media to carry the ball. Look, when she would not define woman, huh. in my opinion, that told us everything we need to know. I know that's kind of laughable and everything else, but it really is quintessential, though. If you can't define male and female and follow God's laws and follow established science on that reality, then you're going to be a compromised judge, an activist judge from the bench. Well, Because you're not interested in the truth. You're interested in the latest political winds blowing, and that's what she catered to. Okay, And all I'm telling you is that's enough to say, look, we can't have this kind of a person on the court. They don't understand principle. They don't understand God-ordained and scientifically backed definitions. Uh, this person cannot be our representative uh, but you know what because we didn't have enough media and because there's really not enough republican opposition uh we didn't really get to, to drill in all the way on that doctor well there's a lot of things at play here i mean first of all republicans don't have enough backbone to to carry the ball it's not just the media there are a couple two or three out there that <clears throat> try to you know raise a some kind of a red flag or something like that but uh, nobody seems willing to pick it up, and there's all too many that are willing to turn their back on the country and its ba baseline principles that are found within the Republican Party. These turncoats, if you will, that, that are betraying their oath of office and their uh, what should be a devoted effort to uh, preserve the nation, if you will. But, it, uh, you know, it, it's, it's not just biology. It's God-ordained. This is eternal stuff. And she says, I, I'm not a biologist. I can't make that definition. Well, duh. So anything that comes before the court, if she's not a trained psychologist or sociologist or chemist or engineer or physician or whatever, that's a, a tax attorney, whatever that comes before her, and she's not uh, ordained, if you will, in that priestcraft, then um, she's not going to be able to give consideration to things. It's It's so weird how people like her play to the latest political wind shift 
and and uh, I don't want to shift away from this if you're not done with it, but I don't know if you saw uh, our governor, Spencer Cox, uh, use his uh, preferred pronouns when talking on a Zoom call with, with some school kids. And uh, it's like, no, wait, wait, wait. And Tucker Carlson did a, probably a 10 or 12-minute tirade about this thing and about how Utah, that's supposedly one of the reddest of the red states, which you and I live in Utah, and we know that Utah is not red. Utah claims to be to avoid all of the uh, crosshair stuff that happens when there are sanctuary states and sanctuary cities and everything. Utah is everything except for publicly declaring those things. But the fact of the matter is the governor, uh, he put an R behind his name, and so he got elected. But um, I, I know some people that... Uh, you know, I, I never followed this. My kids were all grown by the round time this came around. But I guess the Teletubbies or something was a video movie uh, uh, TV show, f what, 25 years ago or something. They was a Caillou or something like that, a little bald-headed character in it that uh, some people I know are calling Spencer Cox. And look up a picture of him, and you'll see what they're talking about. But anyway, this Caillou guy that was on these things, this children's TV show, he had imaginary friends and uh, was always interacting with them. And it seems to me like Spencer Cox has imaginary friends because I don't know who the heck his friends are. And he's in the state of Utah who claims to be this, this soundly founded, principles-based, conservative state. And, uh, and he's doing stuff that is just off the wall that goes with the political correctness that Judge Jackson is doing too. It's just Whatever the the political winds are blowing, put your finger in the air, feel which side gets cold after you've licked it, and uh, here we go down that path and, and uh, play the game that the political yeah. correct. <coughs> Spencer crowd. Cox is going to change the name of the beehive state. Did you hear this? I have not, but go ahead and tell me. Oh, come on. Yeah, I'm sure I'll be know. disgusted. This is, this is really important stuff, man. Okay. All right, Governor Spencer Cox. To change Utah's nickname from the Beehive State to the Be Kind State. Okay. Yeah. Well, I guess you know, um, it goes along with his get along kind of attitude. Go along to get along with anything that blows in the wind, <clears throat> and and you know, obviously, you know, we we're all human beings. We've all got to live together, and we're all in this mess together. But honestly and truthfully, if, if you bend at every single little puff of wind that comes along, you're not going to have enough backbone to stand up to the things that really, really are important. You won't even recognize them, I don't think, as they come along. So grow a backbone and learn principles and stand with them. Amen to that. Dr. Scott Bradley with us, ladies and gentlemen. Hard-hitting talk straight ahead. You are listening to the one and only. Liberty Roundtable Live. We at Freedom Factor have a passion for our shared American heritage and want to help restore some of that American pride by emphasizing the documents that made us Americans. Our goal is to put pocket constitutions into the hands of every American and in every school. This effort requires your help. Order your pocket constitutions and browse our website at freedomfactor.org to learn how you can help spread the message of freedom. Read it, know it, share it. freedomfactor.org.
Have you ever had great honey? No, I mean really good, all-natural, raw honey? Well, now you can, thanks to localhoneyman.com. We can ship out our locally made honey all across the U.S. So don't worry, you won't miss out. Plus, Local Honey Man has so many different flavors, like Utah Wildflower, High Desert Delight, Happy Valley, and Blackberry, just to name a few. So purchase your delicious raw honey today at localhoneyman.com. You are a racist. Your mom is a racist. Your dad is a racist. And your entire family is racist. And you should all be punished. That's what Governor Brad Little thinks about you. So much so that he took $30 million of taxpayers' money to force critical race theory down the throats of school children, even though the Idaho legislature voted against it. This is the doctrine that teaches your children that just because they are white, they are racist. Yes, your governor, good old Brad Little, violated the constitutional law and did this while you weren't watching. Why is Governor Brad Little paying to promote radical leftist doctrine loved by Democrats like Boise Mayor McLean and sleepy Joe Biden? This is Ammon Bundy and we need to completely reject critical race theory in Idaho. Paid for by Ammon Bundy for governor. VoteBundy.com Governor Spencer Cox wants to change Utah's nickname from the Beehive State. That was after a bee in a beehive uh, representing the industry of the Mormons back in the day. The members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints celebrating their industry and their work together ethics and how much they were able to accomplish and everything else. Very symbolic, biblically, of a bee. I mean, I could go on. But now we're going to just change it to the Be Kind State. But let me tell you my problem with the Be Kind State. We're going to literally promote transgender. We're going to literally let men play in women's sports. We're going to literally back a lady that cannot even define woman. Uh, We're going to go ahead and, in my opinion, be kind. But what about the babies that we uh, are dealing with here? You know what? A lot of the states are really picking to double down in defense of pro-life or double down in defense of pro-death. Utah not really having the guts to back pro-life either, doctor. You know, I've been frustrated with Utah for a lot of years, a lot of years. We're talking probably a good 30 years at least, um, that that Utah has taken a back seat to almost everybody in terms of preserving uh, unborn children. Um, I wrote a letter to the editor that got some... (laughs) some renown, uh, this was probably 25, 30 years ago, uh, in which I likened our governor at the time, who was Mike Levitt. See, we have a, a whole string of Republican governors. And uh, by the way, Levitt's uh, ties to the globalist um, establishment are, are should be well known by now because of all of the uh, accolades that he's received from, from that end of the woods. Anyway, uh, I likened Levitt to Pilate and uh, washing his hands. And that's kind of where Utah has been, washing their hands over the blood of innocence um, for so many years. And there's other states that have been taking the lead on it, and Utah has been scared of its own shadow. It's kind of like push the limits a little bit. Let's do the right thing. I don't care if there's going to be people saying, oh, but we got to love everybody. Well, you don't love the unborn child. I mean, you know, in every single, every single instance of an abortion, 
an innocent, voiceless person dies. And and it's not just kind of, sort of, maybe a few times, uh, whatever. It's always. And, uh, and Utah has been cowardly on this. And as you point out, there have been other states that have been taking the lead on this. And it's, uh, it's, it's put them up kind of in the... I don't know. They've been taking fire over it. but I'm going to set a truth, trap for you, doctor. Okay, go ahead. Everybody does, it seems like. Yeah, we're going <laughs> to do that on purpose to make a point here. Um, what are your pronouns? I'm a male, and I would like to be manly in every way that uh, God <laughs> ordained me to be. And there's none of this uh, Bravo Sierra, as we used to call it. You know, do the phonetic alphabet if you can't figure that out. Uh, you know, when you're talking on the radio in the military, uh, you know, it's Alpha, Bravo, Charlie, you know, and, and figure out Bravo Sierra. Anyway, yeah, none of the Bravo Sierra that is being played in front of all of the cameras constantly. Uh, I mean, look at this. this and, and again, this is just another tangent to take off on. the That swimmer from Pennsylvania, holy Hannah. Some of the stuff that's been in the press, I mean, this guy, they originally said, okay, we're going to let him have his own private space to shower and, and change in in his shower. No, no, they got him in with all the college-age girls. I mean, I got granddaughters that are college-age, okay? And uh, it's it's like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? What freaky, weird, bizarre universe are you living in that this is okay? But but that's what's happening and, and these yep. girls, and, and it's going to get much worse because I'll tell you what. Now Utah governor declares his transgender preferred pronouns. Uh, now, of course, he was doing this to middle school students and stuff like this, uh, and he defined his pronouns as he and, and the normal pronouns. But the problem when you declare your pronouns, you're going down this road, ladies and gentlemen, of what the transgenders want. Everybody should define your pronouns. So right now. Um, and here's the trap that I set for you, Dr. Bradley. Right now you identify as male and, you know, these kind of things that you articulated. But understand that you could change your mind at any time. Understand that by declaring those, they're alterable uh, by you. You're the ones that declared them and you have the right to reissue them uh, as your heart desires, you see. And, and, and that's kind of where the lie is. And so when Spencer Cox did this, he really doubled down and backed the transgender agenda. I don't define my pronouns as I want to or as I choose to. They're scientifically given to me at birth. They're scientifically given to me uh, by God's law. Okay, these are not alterable or changeable or identifiable or, or retractable or any of these other words you want to manipulate them to be. And when we declare them, we insinuate that they can be just defined on a whim. Doctor? Well, you know, and, and uh, Spencer Cox, you know, you mentioned, I don't want this perhaps misunderstood, the legislature, this past session that just ended, <clears throat> made it, uh, you know, they passed a law that said, you know, these people that are, these guys that want to say they're girls and compete in girls' sports can't do it in Utah. And uh, the governor vetoed it. Okay, now that, that's another indicator of something. And he says, oh, there's only four people this affects. Well, really? Okay, fine. Quit making a big stink of it and let's go ahead with life. Anyway, the governor vetoed it, and about a nanosecond later, I think it was a few days, but uh, the legislature overrode his veto, and he was heartbroken. And it's like, well, the, tell me where your real loyalties lie. I mean, think of these young women 
that work so hard to compete in their sports, you know, this Title IX stuff that that came to the hor- the forefront some some decades ago. Uh, you know, they're they work their guts out, whether it's swimming or soccer or baseball or whatever, pick a sport, and um, and now we're going to throw guys in the mix. And this this swimmer that we mentioned here shortly ago, uh, he was ranked like 462 or something. It was way in the top of 400s in his in his uh, field of swimming, and he became number one in the nation overnight by declaring himself to be a female. What absurdity is this? And by the way, he hasn't had any of the uh, mutilation that uh, the surgical alterations or anything like that. So he's in the middle of the girls' locker room showering with the girls, getting ready, you know. Uh, anybody that's been in the locker room knows that you you don't have six-foot personal space in those things, okay? And that that obviously wouldn't be enough in this case either. But, but it's absolutely absurd where we're going. And when you have governors that are playing that card, and, and like I say, this Caillou guy that was the uh, the cartoon character for a kid's show that has imaginary friends, I don't know who Spencer Cox's imaginary friends are, but but he's playing to them somewhere and feels like there's some political value in that, I guess. I don't know. Or maybe he really feels, maybe he really feels ambivalent about sexuality. I don't know. I don't know. But but he sure does play that card a lot, and for Utah to be a red, 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 red state, according to the way everybody defines them. First of all, I know they're not. Utah, I mean, they elected Mitt Romney for crying out loud. They elected Spencer Cox for crying out loud. They continue to elect people that um, that certainly don't reflect what a lot of people say, oh, that's that's uh, where the Republicans ought to be. And, and the legislature is a whole different thing. I mean, the legislature is filled, literally. There's probably one or two exceptions, but generally filled with people that are playing this same angle. But their constituents uh, came up out of their seats and says, you darn well better override that governor's veto of this uh, boys playing and girls sport thing. And, and they got the message and they responded. But I, I, we got a legislator. He's been in for years. And I don't know it was in this session, but the last session, he put forth a bill that said, you can change your gender on your birth certificate. Huh? Huh? And, and so that would get around this thing where people say, oh, you have to uh, use the restroom or play on the sports team of the uh, gender that you had in your birth certificate. But, no. They wanted to change it so you could change it on your birth certificate. I'm just wondering if if you wanted to change it to put yourself down as a dog because dogs don't have to pay income tax. I don't know. No, you can't do that yet, buddy, but it's coming, my friend. Holy cow. Holy cow. Yeah, right? this is Think an about that. All right, let me yeah. set up the next segment because it relates to this, but it's a slightly different topic. Um, what are your pronouns? Let's say this. Now, the United Nations says half of world pregnancies are unintended. Half of world pregnancies are unintended. And they frame the, quote, unintended pregnancy as a global crisis, ladies and gentlemen. The Trump administration defended pro-life to some degree and stopped U.S. funding 
for uh, this group called UNFPA because the agency was complicit in the Chinese brutal one-child policy. But now Joe has reinstated U.S. funding for the agency. We'll talk about it more in seconds on Liberty Roundtable Live. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pry. Congress on Thursday voted to suspend normal trade relations with Russia and ban the importation of its oil because of the invasion in Ukraine. President Biden is expected to sign the measure, which the Senate passed 100 to 0. White House officials and Democrat lawmakers celebrated Thursday's historic confirmation of Judge Ketanji Brown Jackson to a lifetime appointment on the Supreme Court. Is considered made and laid upon the table, and the president will immediately be notified. Madam President, very happily, I note the absence of a quorum. The average U.S. life expectancy has fallen by more than two years between 2020 and 2021. The study was done by the University of Colorado Boulder. There was a historically high drop in estimated life expectancy in 2020, from about 78.9 years to 77 years, a fall of almost two years since the pandemic started. USA Radio News. If your family depends on your income and something happened to you, what would happen to them? You need life insurance, and SelectQuote can help you get it at a price you can afford. SelectQuote found Jacob, 40, who's in excellent health, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $19 a month. Not in perfect health? Don't worry. Select quote found Tanya, 40, who has type 2 diabetes, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $32 a month. We shop companies like Protective, Prudential, American General, and others to find you the company with the best rates. Give your family the security they need at a price you can afford. For your free quote, call 1-800-272-1955. That's 1-800-272-1955. Or go to selectquote.com. That's 1-800-272-1955. SelectQuote. We shop, you save. Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. The city of Denver, Colorado, will appeal a court verdict last month that awarded $14 million to protesters that were subjected to excessive police force. Denver Democrat Mayor Michael Hancock told reporters on Thursday the protests in 2020 following the death of George Floyd in Minneapolis were unprecedented. China is no longer the number one nation funneling drugs into our southern border. Mexico has replaced China as the dominant source of the deadly opioid fentanyl, which is flooding across the border into the United States. State Department Assistant Secretary James Walsh telling a congressional panel that it will take work on both sides of the border to stop the flow. Precursor chemicals used to create the illicit fentanyls are neither scheduled nor regulated nationally by Mexico and are thus legal to sell and ship. DEA agent seized 3 million counterfeit prescription pills last year. That's three times the number in 2020. From the USA Radio News Phoenix Bureau, I'm Tim Berg. USA Radio News. All right, Dr. Scott Bradley and Sam Bushman on your radio. Look, Donald Trump's administration rejected funding for the UNFPA. You say, well, Sam, what the heck is the UNFPA in the first place? 
the UNFPA, ladies and gentlemen, can be described as the United Nations Reproductive Health and Rights Agency. Think about that. You have a global reproductive health and rights agency. Uh, Anyway, they're coming out and saying, hey, half the pregnancies in the world are unintended. So, uh, you know, Donald Trump rejected funding for this. Joe brought it right back. Biden significantly boosts funding for the agency complicit in human rights abuses, ladies and gentlemen. Dateline, Washington, D.C., April 8th, um, they say the newly released White House budget for 2023 requests $56 million for the U.N. Population Fund, UNFPA, and calls for removing stipulations, preventing the U.N. agency from funding programs in China, ladies and gentlemen, Uh, There you have it. So literally what they're doing is they're telling you that it's a global crisis. Half the pregnancies in the world aren't even wanted. And they're going to take the lead as really a global government agency. Um, They've taken it to a new level, doctor. You know, there's, again, as we always have on these things, so many strings to pull on. I mean, uh, oh, oh, I didn't mean for you to get pregnant. (coughs) Well, okay. It, but the, even if people were, were not pro-life, even if people had no, they had no opinion whatsoever about abortion, they should be appalled at this because there is no constitutional justification for us to take money from Americans and ship them anywhere else to anybody else, whether it's tin horn dictators or phony baloney world government organizations or people that are going to kill babies somewhere else, everybody should be appalled that they're redistributing wealth to the entire world. Tens of millions of dollars are planned for this uh, shenanigan, if you will. That's the nicest thing that can be said about it. There is no constitutional authority to take anything. In fact, if you wanted to be you know, really accurate about it, you could go back to the Constitution and find out that the only things you can tax people for was the fulfillment of the delegated responsibilities that are found within the Constitution. And they're few and well-defined. Yeah, that's kind of the 45th Federalist Paper. And, and the fact of the matter is that we have completely lost our bearings, and the fact we're going to put it forward to kill babies because their parents were too stupid to figure out what prevented or kept them from getting pregnant. And But it's going to go beyond that. It's going to go perhaps to feed a one-child policy. I don't know if there's any such thing in the world right now because China found it to be a disaster. But it will feed a, an official policy. Oh, send us money. We'll help prevent uh, more than one child from being born into a family. This is absolutely diabolical, and, and people should be up in arms over this thing. And it's it, to me well this is why again, i bring it up almost, i'll tell you because the states are going red blue on this right now they're dividing on partisan lines they're either pro life or pro death and they're they're declaring themselves idaho uh tried to go pro life to a great degree i know there's problems with that bill and everything else but they did uh, then oregon declared themselves as kind of a a, a murder sanctuary 
Now Colorado and California went on the books as murder sanctuaries. A lot of the states in the South are doubling down in pro-life. Oklahoma just created one of the greatest pro-life bills in the country. The governor's saying, I want to be the greatest pro-life state. I want to be the greatest pro-life governor in the country. Okay, so they're polarizing on this. The Supreme Court battling this issue right now as we approve Jackson. Uh, and all I'm telling you is I think they're going to take this global to say it doesn't really matter what happens at the Supreme Court. The global governance will decide this issue. That's their goal, ladies and gentlemen. They want to put this big amount of money in the budget. But think about the UNFPA being described as the United Nations, quote, reproductive health and rights agency. If they get that to stand globally, um, I don't know of a greater constitutional violation than that, doctor. Well, let's let's it'll just be put at the core of everything you think, believe, do. It'll it'll define your well. You can't define your pronouns. They'll be defined for you. Or I mean, what I mean is, if you talk about the reproductive and then the rights, reproductive health and rights. Okay, there's nothing that you can't drive that truck through, doctor. I will go so far as to say that anybody, any organization, any institution that throws money into the United Nations bucket is guilty of the genocidal, homicidal, anti-God philosophies of that organization that is seeking to overthrow the freedom of all lands. So if you put money in for UNICEF, for vaccines, let's say, and UNICEF is in favor of age-appropriate pornography, age-appropriate pornography. Tell me what that does to the moral standard of the world. And people say, oh, well, they just put the money in for vaccines. Okay, fine. So UNICEF was going to put so much money into vaccines, somebody just came up with $20 million for us to do vaccines. Now we can put the $20 million that we were going to put in that to age-appropriate pornography or to family planning or to whatever. We are feeding the beast and we're patting ourselves on the back as we're doing it. This United Nations organization that has been a bane on society, now they actually formally organized it in October of 1945, but uh, all through World War II, they, were, they coined the term United Nations, and so they were blown on the embers that was gonna create this globalist world government infrastructure uh, all throughout World War II. This thing is, is emboldened beyond, I don't know if it's beyond. When I was, back in the 50s, when I was young, uh, we got a weekly um, dosage of the United Nations and it's uh, uh, just the accolades of everything that could be said about the United Nations as the world's last great hope and everything. Nowadays, it just seems like it's front and center on everything. And when the United States, as an official policy, is looking to spend tens of millions of dollars on killing unborn babies with money that was stolen, there's no other way to say it, from American taxpayers to do this sort of thing. We should be livid. And any of these private fundings of it ought to regroup. They ought to say, wait, wait, do we really want to be part of this whole thing? I, I simply cannot imagine what possesses people that they can't see beyond the end of their nose to the bad that they're doing to get some kind of benefit from it. You know, the Savior, when he was on the earth, he said, verily they have their reward. You know, these people, 
that that do things out in the open and look at me, look at me. I'm I'm one of the great and noble ones. That's uh, yeah. You've got to sh- throw praise and glory my way, and and I'll brag about it across the pulpit or wherever. When really and truly, our service to our fellow man should be a quiet offering of loving care and devotion. And 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 you look how the Savior did it. He he went about doing good. But he wasn't flying the banner in front of him that he was making all sorts of donations to the family planning unit. It's just absurd to me that that anybody even thinks that this is okay to do. And and our our president is saying, this is the path we need to follow. It's another indication that he's lost all traction. His mental cognitive thing, his, his handlers are, are guilty of elder abuse. Of course, Biden would do it without any encouragement. But Amen to that. I, I, but whether you got this uh, agenda on the global level, now you've got Oreo Cookie in the mix promoting this agenda as well. They released a new ad on Monday that celebrates a young man coming out as gay to his family. Uh, and if you say, uh, they say this in the commercial, coming out do- doesn't just happen once. It's a journey that needs love and courage every step of the way. And so this commercial has this family at a table. And this guy's going to come out. His immediate family knows, but his grandma doesn't. He's going to come out to his grandma that he's gay. He's scared to do it and stuff. And so everybody's kind of, you know, on bated breath. And the mom encourages him when he starts to stutter and can't get it done. And the sister basically grabs an Oreo cookie and runs away from the table going, oh, man, this is going to go down. I don't want to be part of this thing or whatever else. And they're literally doubling down and promoting this gay, lesbian, bisexual gender using Oreo cookies uh, as their kind of a push uh, for this. All governments around the world, all big business corporations around the world. I mean, you might find an exception here or there, but virtually all are literally doubling down in this agenda. The question is for the good doctor, what's going to happen in the next several years? What will be their next steps? And what will be the repercussions? God judges nations eventually, virtually immediately. I'm telling you right now, I think God's going to take off the gloves over this stuff, ladies and gentlemen. Liberty Roundtable Live. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present day church. Rather, it is for the end time church, the body of the line of Judah. A message from Christ Kingdom Ministries.
Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The Foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing Foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various Foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3, founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. Promoting God, family, and country. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio. Maybe while Sam, uh, maybe while Sam is. Uh, indisposed okay uh, i would go back to what sam's pre you know kind of pre-comments before this last break i go back to monday we talked about uh, this evil that's out there that's more highly organized cleverly disguised more powerfully promoted than ever before and about this end times kind of situation that's coming up as evil grows more powerful and evil under lucifer's leadership there is uh, the leadership of Christ that we can look to. There will be growing battles. I do not for a moment doubt, as Sam asked just before the break, I don't bra uh, doubt for a moment that the conflicts uh, uh, will be more probably pointed than they have been in recent times. I mean, there's been bad, bad, bad times. I mean, you look at the religious uh, depredations that happened Back in the days of the Inquisition, uh, there's been more evil probably done in the name of, of religion than almost any other thing on the earth. Uh, so there have been evil things that have been done throughout history uh, that have been diabolically planned and carried out. But I think that as we go in this forward motion, uh, Sam was saying, wow, this is a weird time to live. It is. We've got front row seats. We are, in fact, the... Uh, uh, the people, and, and I, I think that God does everything by design. I think God does everything um, with a plan. Uh, I don't think he rolls the dice and says, well, let's see what comes up this time. And, and I think it's foolish for us to to assume that, that God's, uh, he doesn't know how this thing's going to play out. I mean, he's kind of just kind of, well, it's a lot of deists uh, in times past kind of considered the idea that, uh, you know, God had kind of established everything and rolled the dice and walked away, and he's just going to see how it turns out. I believe that he's a very integral part of everything that happens throughout the universe. And some people, I think, become angry when they take that thought because they said, how could God allow this to happen? Well, in God's great wisdom and in his accord with his plan to allow all of us the liberty to choose the path that we're going to choose, 
and, and demonstrate our own character to ourselves, I think, more than anyone else. He allows things to happen, but I know that he knows the outcome before the next step happens. And so, so yeah, there is going to be growing battles under the, uh, the two leadership heads, if you will, of Lucifer and Jesus Christ. Let me give you I the other battle that we're having to face, too, in addition to this Oreo cookie ad promoting this, is that I mentioned all, really virtually speaking, all corporations, all governments, really doubling down on this pervert gender, destroy the family, uh, jettison the male-female reality check, uh, gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, every perverted sex is great. Any sex that truly procreates and brings children to the world is uh, really rejected. Um, murdering the babies, trying to prevent, pre pretend there's no consequences for actions, etc. And we're just in a strange world. And I think God's going to take off the gloves and we're going to start to see real, real problems, economic, um, environmental, and the list goes on and on. And then they'll just use that, of course, in the Hegelian dialectic realm to create more and more government. government. But here's the interesting one. New York City's mayor, Eric Adams, now launched an ad campaign against Florida, urging residents to move to New York City over Florida's new, quote, parental rights bill. We have a message for Florida's LGBTQ plus community. Come to a city where you can be you, doctor. Well, you know, it's it's interesting. Uh, New York City is really bleeding to death in terms of its economic strength. Um, they have taxed and oppressed the people there to the point. I mean, there'll be denizens of the night left there someday uh, that uh, creep out at night and and uh, work their evil against each other. I don't I don't know when it'll come to that, but New York City is driving people from them by their all of their mandates that they've done, whether it's COVID or whether it's taxing structure or, or whether it's stop and frisk or anything like that, the people are saying, no, wait, we, we don't have to put up with this. And uh, New York has had some resilience, I understand, but, but New York and California both are losing populations dramatically because people are fleeing the draconian uh, mandates that are out there. And Florida has something of a, a reputation of having be a, being a place of more freedom. I, I don't know as it's fully deserved. I think there's about a 50-50 split right now in Florida between those that want to be free and those that don't. I, I think it could tip either way. But, but it's interesting to me that, that um, New York has taken advantage of, of a little glimmer of hope, they feel like, that they can get the LGBTQWXYZ group to come back into New York. You know, look, I, I have the greatest of sympathy to people that are confused about facts in any regard. And and uh, so it's not just limited to sexual perversions and so on and so forth. But literally and truthfully, um, sympathy or not, we can't just let this to run roughshod over us. I mean, let's go back to Massachusetts for just a second. Uh, you know, Mitt Romney was the governor of Massachusetts. He, without any authority whatsoever uh, as governor, the executive of Massachusetts declared that uh, uh, same-sex marriage was, was a law of the land, so to speak, in, in uh, Massachusetts and ordered all those that were performing marriages and issuing licenses and everything to uh, just go along with that. And now we look at what's happening in, in Massachusetts with the educational system, so-called. Again, that's a... Hmm, 
we could argue about that point. But now they, they give not just equal time, but prevalent uh, promotion of, of all of these different gender so-called issues that are out there. And that's where I see the United States going. I see it becoming more and more predominant, more and more officially sanctioned, more and more where there's, um, there's no flexibility to say, you know what, I am a man. She is a woman. And we're going to get married. Oh, no, you've got to. <laughs> Are you guys sure? You sure you want to go down this path? I, I think we're going to see that. And as you point out, and George Mason made this, this uh, comment during the convention of 1787, that because nations don't exist in the eternities, they have to receive their rewards or punishments in this life. And, and it may be that California burns to the ground or falls off the edge of the earth in an earthquake. I don't know. Uh, maybe New York City becomes a, a ghost town because of their lack of uh, willingness to be free. But there are, there are consequences for everything that happens. And sooner or later, and God's got a lot more patience than I've got, I have to admit that up front, sooner or later we have come to a Sodom and Gomorrah uh, point where it's not going to be condoned anymore or allowed, and, and the earth has to be cleansed. And, and the earth will be cleansed. And I, I guess that I, I'm praying that God will provide strength for those that want to abide his counsel. Amen and, to that. And, and what I see escape. happening is people are being denied their agency over this, though. It will eventually be where they will take the United Nations. They'll double down with Oreo cookie and, uh, you know, and promote this uh, in every facet of our life to where you won't be able to be a dissenter or you will be hate filled. Is this hate speech will be the common question slash refrain. Uh, now, let me tell you this, too. This is kind of interesting. Back in 1967, the year Sam was born, okay, they created two government agencies back then. I don't know if you know this. The first one is the 1st of April. The United States Department of Transportation began operation. Just think where we are today with increasing gas prices. Joe Biden going to mandate vehicles have an average of 49 miles to the gallon, et cetera, et cetera. Costs just going through the roof for simple transportation. That's one of them. The second one, 7th of November, the U.S. President Lyndon B. Johnson signed the Public Broadcasting Act of 1967, establishing the Corporation for public broadcasting. So think about that. Think about what's happened since those two things. At first, these things seemed innocent. Hey, you know what? At least we got a broadcasting entity in America that can make sure things are fair, is what everybody thought. Think if we get a transportation agency in place, how good things will be. We'll have standards in our roads and standards. And, you know, when you buy a car, you'll be able to depend on these standards. And, and we bought these lies, and now you see where we're going. I submit to you they're going to create government agencies to further uh, these agendas. The blurring of gender, the destruction of male and female in the family, uh, the continued uh, environmental push they've got going on. So whether it be health, the environment, or the family, they're going to put forward agencies that force change. Doctor? Well, you look how well government has done in anything it's touched. I mean, it is very, not, not just inefficient, it's not just clumsy. It actually is an imposition against all American people. And if you look back at Article 1, Section 8, Clause 18, they, a lot of people call it an elastic clause. No, it is not 
an elastic clause that gives them power to do anything they want. It's a clause that says they can carry out those authorities that are delegated within the Constitution. Let's read it. It says, Congress shall have power to make all laws which shall be necessary and proper for carrying into ex execution the foregoing powers. So, if you read the first 17 clauses of Article 1, Section 8, you see, oh, well, they can coin money. They can do post offices and post roads. That doesn't give them authority over all the roads. It doesn't give them authority over transportation. It does not give them authority over how you broadcast on the radio. It doesn't do anything of the sort. It says simply that they have the authority to carry out those powers delegated to them. And, and we have had the wheels fall off this thing, and you're absolutely right. The farther we get into this process, the more we're going to find that unconstitutionally, in every way, shape, and form, there is no other way to put it, the government is going to be intruding into our lives. And, and it's not just going to be private corporations like Disney that are fostering the idea of uh, gender issues and so on and so forth, which I believe that probably people in wisdom would say, no, I'm, I'm not going to help pay for that. I'm not sending my kids to be indoctrinated, blah, 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 whatever. And, and maybe there'll be a ghost town someday if people really learn it. Maybe not. Maybe there'll be, there'll be a celebration of that, and it becomes so blatant and in your face that when you go to Disney World or Disneyland, you're going to know exactly what you're getting. And uh, you can choose. You can choose. But when the government gets right involved, Right now you can force, choose, but I submit to you they're eventually going to make it to where you can't choose. The force is involved when government's involved, and that's, that's why people try to gain control over the levers of government. And when they gain that, they think they have authority to do whatever they want. And that is not our constitutional form of government. There are limits and bounds, checks and balances. And if those things are ignored, heaven's going to have to help us because Amen government to that. is In forced. fact, it's a form of government that we absolutely reject because it's Satan's plan and goes against every effort of our founding fathers. Ladies and gentlemen, for Dr. Scott Bradley and Sam Bushman, we pray for this nation. We'll pray on our knees. We'll receive God's guidance and get up and go to work and do all that we can. We declare this nation shall endure. LibertyRoundTable.com, LovingLiberty.net, FreedomsRisingSun.com. For Dr. Scott Bradley and Sam Bushman, God save the Republic of the United States of America.